0: Hello everybody, Josh Neighbors here for the Locked On Nationals podcast, brought to you by Built Bar and BuiltBar.com. Go to BuiltBar.com right now, use the promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off on your first order. Once again, promo code LOCKEDON, 20% off on your first order. On the show today, I know we've been off some. Uh, And I was kind of waiting for a shoe to drop maybe in free agency, but everything at this point in time, unexpectedly so, has held pat. So we'll take a look at some of the free agents right now the Nationals should be considering. First, there was a piece written by Todd DeBoss in uh, NBCSN Washington. So we're going to talk about that. It's about the Nationals' chances to retool and uh, depending on their willingness to spend. And then we're going to go through Michael Ballman's list of the top 49 free agents in the 2021 class, or 2020-2021 class of free agency, and talk about how realistic it is for the Nationals to maybe steal some of those guys. We'll do that next. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Here we go, Locked On Nationals podcast, and guys, the first thing that you want to talk about discussing the Nationals' chances in free agency to go and get prime, you know, very good players, top-end players, is uh, the Nationals' willingness to spend. So Todd DeBoss of NBC Sports Washington wrote a piece a few days ago on November 1st titled Nationals' Chances to Retool Depends on Their Willingness to Spend. And what he notes is, is that the Nationals have multiple needs, a solid chunk of financial space under the competitive balance tax and an ego to reboot. He notes that this offseason lacks the thundering star power of recent years. No guys like Strasburg, Rendon, Harper, Machado. The Dodgers took a, uh, you know, Mookie Betts off the off the market with that contract. So, JT Realmuto appears to be the most prominent figure right now on uh, on the market. Debas also kind of notes what we've been talking about, right? Right now, the national situation is this: you go around the field. Jan Gomes is at catcher with Kurt Suzuki gone. First base is wide open, kind of, with Zimmerman, Kendrick, and Thames gone. But we think that you know maybe two, one or two of those guys come back. Still, there's a gap there. Second base belongs to Stalin Castro, unless they move him to third. Shortstop is defined with Trey Turner. Third base is wide open after Carter Keeboom struggles. We're not as we're not as bullish on that. That proposal, but we'll see. We will see. I think with Star and Castro, we kind of have to see. An outfield position is available because the Nationals had declined Adam Eaton's option. The number four spot in the rotation is a void, and the fifth spot could also use a boost. And he says the bullpen. Well, yeah. So with that in mind, you know, you kind of start thinking about, hey, what could they do? uh You know, how willing are they to spend? And DeBoss goes on to say Mike Rizzo perpetually operates with one, three, and five-year plans. This winter, the widespread availability of quality players at least gives him an option to fill several gaps now. Does a multi-year contract for Bauer position them against uh, the loss of Max Scherzer? Would bring in LeMahieu, give Kibum and Lise Garcia further opportunity to grow in the minor leagues? Does he want to merge Springer with Juan Soto and Victor Robles until they can all uh, become free agents in 2025? Does he and the ownership want to reposition the bullpen? Right, so these are all the questions that we have to answer. We don't know how willing they are to spend money, right? That's the first thing we have to understand is we don't know. What we do know is this. The Nationals are under the tax. Right? They spent last season, they got back under the luxury tax. The space between their payroll currently and the tax is an estimated $47.5 million. They think, they think. So that's kind of where we are. Another question you have to bring in is how willing are teams to spend considering the rough um, losses they are going to take this offseason, right? The loss of finances that was suffered through the shortened season, right? 60 games, no fans is going to take a toll on the total revenue of all of these teams. So that is an important place uh, for us to kind of go and mention and think about as we start heading towards free agency, right? There are a lot of coveted names in free agency, but what we have to consider is, will the market value for the top, top guys go down? Who is going to be willing to pay next? I don't, I don't think it is. Um, And then I think the upper to middle class are the ones who are going to suffer with either shorter term contracts than they would have liked or less money because the market is going to be a bit more convoluted. It's going to be a bit more volatile this season. So a lot of great names are out there and we're about to go through all of them or, you know, a good majority of the top names. I'm the, the curiosity comes in with who are the buyers who is kind of kind of wait things out to see uh, what players are remaining after a month or so or a couple of months or, you know, more towards the season because we have seen guys signed at that point as well. And that seems to be the waiting game, right, of, you know, who wants to make a move first. I think a lot of teams are going to be in that spot. I think if you're not a team that's involved for some of these top guys, you're going to see a waiting game begin to progress. So let's go through some of those top guys. Uh, But first, let's hear a word from our sponsors, and then we'll take a look at Michael Ballman's list of the top 49 free agents and see if they are a good fit or not for the Washington Nationals. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by Bilt Bar. Bill Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever made. Right now, they've got six new flavors out. Caramel Brownie, Cookies and Cream, Cherry Bar Chia, Lemon Almond Cheesecake, Carrot Cake, and Apple Almond Crisp. Those go in addition to their 12 original flavors, Coconut Almond, Raspberry, German Chocolate, Peanut Butter, Banana Bread, Mint Brownie, Salted Caramel Double Chocolate, Orange, Toffee Almond, Coconut, and peanut butter brownie. All those are covered with 100% chocolate. Six of those have nut. Six of those are without nut. Go to BuiltBar.com right now and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off on your next order. Once again, that's promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. And right now, if you got a chance to win a free cooler as well, while supplies last. Once again, that's builtbar.com, promo code locked on for 20% off on your next order. All right, so let's take a look at Michael Ballman's best 49 free agents available. This is on the ringer.com. And so he starts with tier one, the recession proof 2A stars. At number one, he's got JT Realmuto, the catcher, and then also he's got George Springer, who is an outfielder, for those of you who do not know. I'm assuming that you all do, though, if you guys listen to this podcast. So the first thing he notes about uh, about JT Realmuto is that he is a catcher who does two things well. And how often do we see that, right? Often with that catcher position, there is a trade-off. You are trading defense for hitting, uh, or you are trading the hitting for the bad, poor defense, whatever it is, right? Mike Zanino was a great example of this, right? The uh, the Rays, their lineup wasn't great. Mike Zanino was not hitting very well either uh, this season. But they had him there because he's an exceptional defender, and he's very good as well, Also, hits for a little bit of power. But in the case of Rio Muto, he is a jack of all trades. He is a very good defensive catcher and also a splendid hitter as well. When it comes to the Nationals, though, and J.T. Real Muto, it's a player that we have mentioned, but it is not a player that I believe the Nationals are going to go after. I think that price tag is going to be too high. And also, too, they don't necessarily need to get that kind of a player, right? They have other needs on this team, and other teams are going to bid for him. The Phillies and the Mets are going to have at him. So I think the Nationals dropping out of this one would be a very smart move. For Springer, at age 31, his stats since 2015, he's at 274, 363 on base, 494 slugging. So this is a guy that obviously produces very well, good defensive player. And another thing too is, you know, he's played some right field. Yes, he's played center majority of the time, but he's got over 400 games, I believe, of right field experience, which means the Nationals can can get him, but they would have to make a sweet offer for them to to be able to get it. And also to, you know, you have to sell him on playing right field. Unless they said, Hey, you know what, Victor Robles, uh, we're kind of done with you in center field. And I don't know that they necessarily would do that, but I do think George Springer is a player who's got, still has some upside, even at this point in his career is a very good athlete. So it seems to be somebody the nationals could rely on. And more importantly, in the hitting department guys, he would provide some much needed protection in that order. And the Nats could boast a lineup in the spring where three of their top four hitters are Trey Turner, Juan Soto, and George Springer. That would be a luxury for the Nationals. And finally, they'd be able to find a way to protect their superstar Juan Soto in the lineup because this season they were not able to do so after the loss of Anthony Rendo. So those two guys are where you start, and I think Springer is the much more uh, likely one. I'm kind of waiting to, you know to go deeper into this. I kind of want to see the rumor mill. I want to see what's on the grapevine in terms of the money figure, because that is going to be a gigantic decider, and whether or not the Nationals go after him or not. Because the Nationals, like it or not, do have a few other needs that they must address this offseason if they want to compete once again. Yes, they're going to have to be over the tax, more likely than not, but I think they want to be a bit smarter with the way that they spend their money. All right, this is Michael Bauman's Tier 2. Definitely good, maybe a star. Trevor Bauer, DJ LeMahieu, Marcel Ozuna, and then Charlie Morton. So Bauer, I don't think there's any way they go after him. There are so many teams that are in the market for a premier pitcher, and I don't think the Nationals are that interested. You just look at their pitching rotation now. I don't think it makes a whole lot of sense for them to go after him. LeMahieu, no. Uh, Marcel Ozuna is a potential one, right? I don't know what you would do with him. He has played center field. He has never played right field. And unless you were, you know, content with moving Juan Soto over to right to have Ozuna in there, uh, it wouldn't make a whole lot of sense. His defensive numbers are much better in left than they are in center. And I mean Marcel Ozuna on that account. So that wouldn't make a whole lot of sense. Yes, it would be a good good bat to get, but I don't think that is the right decision, not, not the right way to go. Charlie Morton is an interesting one because I'm curious the figure that Charlie Morton is going to get at this point in his career, right? He's 36 years old, and he performed pretty well in Tampa the last two seasons. I mean, this year wasn't as good as last, but in the playoffs, he showed some pretty good stuff. So that is somebody the Nationals should definitely consider, you know, to put in the back part of the rotation for the right number. Now, I do think he's going to get uh, maybe a bit more than the Nationals are willing to pay. If they can sit back and see kind of how the market for him develops, that would be interesting because at that age... I'm not sure what the market will look like, and that could provide an opportunity for the Nationals to get in there and go and grab him. All right, the Tier 3 shortstops, we're not going to pay attention to this because the Nationals don't need any. Marcus Simeon, Didi Gregorius, and then Haesung Kim. So nothing there for the Nats to be interested in. And there's Tier 4, the veteran Gardeners. You've got Justin Turner, Nelson Cruz, and Michael Brantley. The direction I head here is first Justin Turner, right? If the Nationals really felt strongly about addressing the third base situation uh, by going out and getting somebody, they're not confident in Carter Key They don't want to move Starlin Castro over from second to third. There is a chance that they could go after Justin Turner, uh, the third baseman from the Dodgers, who is going to become a free agent. Obviously, Nelson Cruz, there's no guarantee of the Nationals getting a DH in the National League moving forward. And then Michael Brantley is the other one. Now, the issue there being Brantley is another guy who's a natural left fielder and I don't think the Nationals are once again in any position to think about considering Juan Soto's move to right uh, just kind of being a thing that they permanently they permanently want to do so with those I think Justin Turner would be the one once again for the right price now on to tier five the starting pitchers for those interested in understated luxury Marcus Stroman Masahiro Tanaka Jake Odorizzi and Jose Quintana so these are a list of players the Nationals could definitely be interested in if they want to build that, uh, that starting rotation. But the problem here being that they would have to invest in one of these guys for a little bit longer than they think they want to. Stroman would come in. I don't think it's the right fit for them at this point in time. Tanaka, I think, might be a bit pricier than they'd like. Uh, Odorizzi is somebody that is still pretty young, and so I think a team is going to want to extend him, then Jose Quintana is a is an interesting one to me, right? A guy that we've seen enough of in this league and somebody that maybe as a number four guy on a team like the Nationals, maybe that makes a little bit more sense for him at this stage in his career, right? Somebody that was very much hyped up towards the beginning, but now he's over the uh, 30-year-old hill, if you will, not over the hill as a pitcher, but he is in his 30s, And who knows? Maybe a change of scenery could really benefit Jose Quintana moving forward. The guy who's had a plus, you know, a four plus ERA over the last three years that he has pitched, and somebody that's trying to find a bit more consistency. I'm not sure, uh, you know, what the market number is going to be for him. It's going to be one of the higher. Higher paid pitchers, I mean, just comparatively. But I think there is a number out there the Nationals could get him for that would satisfy them and really strengthen the rotation. To have a guy like that in the back end, especially if one of the starters, the the three front end guys fall out, that can take one of their places, that's a really good option for the Nationals. And we know that this team needs pitching depth. We saw it this season. They've got to focus very intently this offseason on strengthening the back part of this rotation because – I'm not sure Eric Fetty, and I know Austin Voth, will not be able to get it done. So I think that is where a guy like Jose Quintana could make sense, adding another lefty to the rotation as well, too, that would give them two with uh, with Patrick Corbin and with Jose Quintana. So that's where I would focus on, on this group of pitchers. Tier 6 is the starting pitchers for those who want to ride the lightning. James Paxton and Kevin Gaussman. Two interesting ones right here, right? James Paxton kind of getting out of town there with the injuries in New York. So that's an option that I'm not sure players are going to be, or teams rather, are going to be very fond of spending a lot of money on James Paxton. And then Kevin Gosman, who is still somehow only 29 years old, is an option for the Nationals as well. Somebody who had one of the best seasons of his career, but it always kind of makes you pause and wonder, hey, is somebody going to get in here and overpay for a guy like this. And that is where we kind of end today's episode is I'm curious. Let's watch the market very closely because as things start to move, I don't think the Nationals are going to be one of the teams making the first moves out there right now in free agency. But I do think, I do think the Nationals will be ready to strike once they kind of see where the market heads for some of these guys, especially at the starting pitching spot Uh, that is, is where I think you'll see the Nationals start coming in and then trying to make their presence felt in that situation. Also, too, they need an outfielder. We're going to go through some of those guys, who some of those outfielders could be uh, on the next show. So we're going to go through the rest of Michael Bauman's rankings on tomorrow's show, and then I'll finally have that bullpen postseason position breakdown coming later on. Uh, That's coming on Friday, barring some crazy news. So yeah, it was fun to go through those. It's fun to think. But I mean, tempering expectations is always important because all the fans want to hear is, oh, let's go spend, let's go spend, let's go spend. And I know the Nats wanted to get under the cap. I understand that. But I don't think they're going to spend Anthony Rendon money on somebody, right? I don't think they just went under the cap one year just so they could go and reset and then spend a crap load of money once again. Unless they truly feel convinced that whoever they get is going to put them in a position to compete for another world championship. Because that is where this franchise sees themselves. And maybe because their egos were hurt this season, they do come in they do spend that money right they do splurge and get that George Springer type player. but there seem to be other teams involved that will pay more than the Nats just because they can right and they're very uh, they're very you know desperate to get a star. the Nats are not the Nats have stars. they have to strategically complement the stars they have. Right now, And that's what this offseason's about. It's not about making a splash. It's about complimenting the guys that they've currently got on the roster. And we'll talk more about some of those complimentary guys when we go through the back end of Michael Bauman's list on tomorrow's show. Make sure you guys follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Nationals. Follow me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Make sure you guys subscribe and review. And also, too, check out the Locked On MLB podcast. All of these things are part of the Locked On Podcast Network.